This is indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Thanks, Doc, for letting me sit in the chair today. And honored to have as our special guest co-host once again, a familiar face, freedom fighter, a real one. I could go on and on. The mayor of Enfield, North Carolina, Mayor Mondale Robinson. There's a smile. Okay, you're a friendly, good man who keeps it real. And that's what we love about you. That's why I'll follow anywhere you lead, Mayor, anywhere you lead. So thank you for joining us. I think we should get right to it. And we're gonna begin, Mayor, in Wisconsin. Wisconsin cop arrested for beating and choking a seven-year-old girl. Let's give you the details. Now facing charges, this Wisconsin police officer for allegedly beating a seven-year-old child. 30-year-old Milwaukee police officer Frank Williams has been charged with one count of felony physical abuse of a child, one count of felony strangulation and suffocation. A child whose identity is still unknown is said to be a relative of Williams. That's the ID we have right now. According to Newsweek and WISN, January 17th, MPD Sergeant Zachary Toms responded to the emergency room at the Milwaukee campus of Children's Wisconsin for a report of child abuse. According to the criminal complaint, Tom said he met with the seven-year-old victim at the hospital and said he observed seven or eight bruises on the girl's thigh, as well as a bruise on her arm. While being interviewed by Tom's, the child said that Williams had whooped her with a thin belt the day before because she was supposed to be taking a nap. William then squished her neck, that's the quote, the girl told Toms, saying that she could not breathe. She said this was not the first time Williams had choked her. And WISN contributing here to the details. Williams then began to strike the four-year-old boy with the belt, the girl said. It is still unclear how both children got to the hospital. Now the chief of police, Jeffrey B. Norman, or the Milwaukee Police of the Milwaukee Police Department, rather, have yet to make any formal comment on the incident. I think you'd want to say something to the good citizens right away about this. Just right away, something. Milwaukee County District Attorney's Office filed formal charges. I mean, that's something the police department could address. Williams was released from custody Saturday morning. If Williams is convicted on either of the two charges he faces, he could face up to six years in prison. in fines. So this is horrific, Mayor. And here's here's what sticks out at me. I hate even going into details about someone not taking a nap and because it's semantics. None of that matters. None of that is reason to do any of this. And what it tells me, just as a human being, not an expert, not someone who has a PhD, I'm not a psychologist, haven't conducted therapy. This person likes to beat children. Uh, This person person likes to just kind of have control over people. This person should not be an officer. Have I gone too far, Mayor? No, you're spot on. And and it says something about this person's mentality and also where we find ourselves in the Milwaukee Police Department. How is it that this level of abuse had to occur before you know this person was capable of this? There is somebody in the community has complained on this person, I promise you, plenty of times. This level of aggression 
where someone asked you to stop and you kept going, where someone told you that you were beating a seven-year-old child too much and you continue and then you beat another child. This is not the first time this behavior has been displayed. We also know that because the child said she was beat before and choked the day of. So this is absolutely disgusting behavior, not just, not just, I mean, individually, we have to look institutionally and people are going to say, this is a bad cop situation. This is not the police department. It is the police department. And people will say, oh, they, they fired him as soon as they found out. I, I'm pushing back on that. I want to see complaints. Why didn't the police chief name or say this person never displayed this behavior? There were no community complaints against this person. Because I know they're out there. And, and I'm not just speaking. This whole the entire police department in Milwaukee shows up in this manner. There was a report by ACLU naming Milwaukee as one of the worst police departments in this country because of behavior just like this, not towards seven-year-old kids, but, but towards residents. So we see this pattern and the culture in which this na nasty officer exists. And we're left to question, what in the hell does it mean to police in these United States when they continue to behave in manners in uniform and out of uniform that resemble this very behavior? I too want the complaints. And the only reason if I'm the mayor that I um, am not mulling over a demand for Chief Norman's resignation right now is if, and I don't see that reporting, it's his first day on the job. I want the complaints and I want, as a chief, okay, I want to know what else was known and what should have been known here. You're absolutely right. And if the answer is what you laid out, which is reasonable, and unfortunately, we've had it repeated time and time again in our reporting in all these different jurisdictions. I want to know if there's a jurisdiction where something like this hasn't been reported. But we're done with the cover-up here and the nonsense. And the cover-up, and that's my word, Mayor, not yours, but I think you alluded to it when you said <clears throat> something to the effect of, well, it's just you know fired and then moving on. And we're not going to move on. Because these are two young victims of child abuse who suffered greatly. I also want to know, I'm not blaming a school system or a relative. I want to know who else saw things like bruised thighs. And if you, someone's putting their hands around your little neck, what else is showing up? Do you know how terrifying it is to put all this on the back of a seven-year-old little girl who's confronted, confronted in an emergency room and coerced or forced to finally tell it all? Because she doesn't know if you're going to believe her, for one, not right off the bat. And she doesn't know if she's going to have to go right back to see this person who's in big trouble. Seven-year-old knows whoever she's naming is in big trouble. I'll give you the last word, Mayor, but I'm disgusted. There's a, two victims here that we know of, at least. But there's a lot of people who are responsible for this circumstance. Yeah, I agree 100%. We also got to admit that. Where's the other adult that was in the room that went back to look yeah. at her phone? This child saw that and recognized that something was wrong with that behavior. She said the other adult in the room, I guess the, the officer's wife, said that's enough and went right back to text and went right back to her phone. That's absolutely selling out this child and both of them should be held accountable. And this is disgusting. Uh, you said something that is extremely important. This child probably didn't tell the whole story because that child probably knows she has to go back to this space. For some reason, somehow this man was in authoritative position, authoritative 
position over this seven-year-old child. And her definition of how he treated her was, he squished my neck. Still so innocent that choking is related to squishing. And people didn't even understand how, how bad that is. The word squishing with this child now is related to not a balloon, not a toy, but her neck by a grown man. Not slime, not seven-year-old thing. But there's a lot of abuse situations. I don't know. You know, usually people who do this to a child, but what's described here tells me that there's another adult in the room that could have potentially done so. If you could say that's enough, you can intervene before this and you can get your kids to, out of that house. I'm just uh, mortified by this and I'm mortified about what happens next. Is this seven year old going to another relative, an aunt, grandmother? I don't know. I'm just guessing because. Again, these aren't new scenarios. These are things we know that if can't be returned there, or will this child be returned to, say, a, another parent who perhaps by the letter of the law won't be charged, but was, like the mayor said, in the house here? I just, my heart aches. It aches as a parent, as a human being. This is just so gross. Something that we're going to continue to follow. And let's not forget about Chief Norman and the mayor. I want to know what else was known. And if there's more, I want to know why certain people still have their positions. And maybe they shouldn't. And that's not too strong. It's not. A man is set to be executed. By what method? Nitrogen, an untested method it is. Alabama, Kenneth Eugene Smith is set to become the first person in the United States to be executed by nitrogen gas. As he spends his final days on death row, he says he is haunted by thoughts of the untested procedure. Not a lawyer, but right there, isn't that cruel and unusual? I don't know what's going to happen. They say it's going to kill me. I don't know if it's going to be fast. Don't know if it's going to be painful. Smith was one of two men convicted in 1989 of murdering a preacher's wife. Smith's jury overwhelmingly rejected the death penalty in his case, deciding by an 11 to 1 vote that he should be sentenced to life imprisonment without parole. But the trial court overruled the jury and sentenced Mr. Smith to death under a judicial override law. That was abolished in 2017. Why bother having a jury? Why bother having your so-called peers, other members of the community sit in judgment? There's problems with that already. But why bother to have them sit in judgment when they render a decision if you're just going to say, no, we like to kill. So he killed, we're going to kill. And that's just what it's going to be. And then it's abolished in 2017. That to me would be enough right there. Again, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer here. I'm not a judge. But if it's abolished in 2017, don't you think that we should kind of, the humanitarian thing to do would just be said, all right, we're going we're gonna to reverse the, the death on this one too, that decision. Hmm. November 2022, first time Kenneth Eugene Smith was about to die. Again, cool and unusual. Alabama's executioners had several hours to kill him. They bound the condemned man to a gurney in the so-called death chamber of Holman Correctional Facility. 
and tried to inject him with a lethal blend of chemicals. Didn't work, they failed, unable to raise a vein. Which Smith's lawyer said left him with numerous incisions. They abandoned the attempt as the clock hit midnight and the state's death warrant expired. BBC News with those horrific details. I guess if the death warrant hadn't expired, they would have just keep keep trying, huh? Now, Alabama will try to kill him again. Mm. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. This time the US state is authorized. The plan to suffocate Smith by strapping an airtight mask over his face and forcing him to inhale pure nitrogen and inert gas that would starve his body of oxygen. The UN's High Commissioner for Human Rights last week said the never before used method could amount to torture or other cruel, inhumane or degrading treatment and called for a halt. It's sad that the UN commissioner has to tell you that. It's it's very sad. Final appeal ruling is still outstanding after a federal court rejected his lawyer's request for an injunction. Smith is due to be executed on Thursday. Here's what Smith told the BBC. I'm nauseous all the time, panic attacks hit regularly. This is just a small part of what I've been dealing with daily, torture basically, he wrote. He called for Alabama to stop the execution before it's too late. Alabama has one of the highest per capita execution rates in the US, has 165 people currently on death row. Since 2018, the state has been responsible for three botched attempts at lethal injection in which the condemned inmates survived. The failures led to an internal review, which largely placed blame on the prisoners themselves. That sounds like Alabama. Medical experts and campaigners have warned about the risk of catastrophic mishaps, ranging from violent convulsions to survival in a vegetative state. And even the possibility of gas leaking from the mask and killing others in the room, including Mr. Smith's religious advocate. Well, that's generous. They're going to let his religious advocate spend the final moments with him. Smith's spiritual advisor, Reverend Dr. Jeff Hood, told the BBC, I'm certain that Kenny's not afraid to die. He's made that very clear. But I think he's afraid that he will be even further tortured in the process, he says. He has signed a legal waiver from the state spelling out the dangers of a nitrogen leak. Only a number of feet from him. And I have been warned repeatedly by various medical experts that I'm risking my life to do this. If there's any sort of leak in the hose, if there's any sort of leak from the mask, from the seal around his face, it could certainly lead to nitrogen leaking into the room. Dr. Joel Zivit, associate professor in anesthesiology at Emory University School of Medicine said that nitrogen makes up 78% of the air we breathe, passing in and out of the body harmlessly with every breath, but breathing pure nitrogen. Well, that deprives the body cells and organs of oxygen, causing them to break down and eventually leading to death. 
He warns of unintended risks for the presence of pure nitrogen, changing the oxygen to nitrogen ratio in the execution chamber, especially a Smith could hold his breath or move his head against the mask or the equipment. I can assure you they're working on a plan to secure that mask right now, right? The equipment could leak. Some of it will be exhaled by Smith along with the carbon dioxide and some of it may leak out of the mask. I think that presents a real and material danger to this execution, Dr. Zivat said. He's a doctor. Response from the Alabama Department of Corrections. The Alabama Department of Corrections appears to have attempted to address this concern. Appears to have, did I read that right? Appears to have attempted to address this concern in the waiver form it sent to Dr. Hood. Says there are wall mounted oxygen sensors in the execution chamber. Also warns the spiritual advisor of the generic risk posed when nitrogen rapidly displaces oxygen, causing loss of consciousness without warning. It urges him to stay at least three feet away from Smith at all times, warning of a small area risk of nitrogen outflow. Well, that ought to make him feel better, right? Mr. Hood. These are the same people that botched a previous execution attempt, but I'm sure they've got it this time. Dr. Joseph Antognini testified on behalf of the state in December in a hearing regarding Alabama's planned experimentation with the untried execution method. You gonna experiment on a human being. Death penalty action launched a campaign earlier this week, urging the California Medical Board to investigate the activities of Dr. Antognini for violating the Hippocratic Oath by supporting the untested execution method. I don't know what he got for this, if anything, but I'd like to know if someone was paid here. I don't want any doctor who was paid to support this when other doctors who doesn't seem like they were paid are saying, you, you might want to hold up on this. Don't do this. Meanwhile, Dr. Zavat believes the risk assessment amounts to a form of pseudoscience since execution by nitrogen has never been attempted. And it's not clear how long it will take Smith to die. There is no science. This is just really pulling anecdotes and imagining and trying to think of what may occur based upon, again, other pieces of information that are really not at all a scientific inquiry. Mm. It amounts to an intolerable level of danger, says one expert who co-authored an investigation sent to the UN. Dr. Zivit also accused the Alabama authorities of a terrible track record of cruel execution. I guess I have to conclude that Kenneth Smith must be the worst man in America because Alabama is so hell bent on killing him, they're willing to kill other people to kill him. It's not too far, folks. Dr. Zivot told the BBC, imagine the firing squad where all the witnesses are lined up next to the person you're about to execute and you get them all to sign waivers. Because it turns out that the guys you've got are not very good shots and so it's possible that they might shoot you too. So these are some of the things I can imagine that could happen with nitrogen gas, he said. What we do know about nitrogen gas is that in an early study with healthy volunteers, almost all of them, about 15 into 20 seconds of breathing, had a generalized seizure, it said. 
such a scenario, Smith could lose consciousness or suffer a series of violent spasms. A little bit more for you. Mass incarceration activist Jeanette Jones warned during her statement, one should have this information because it's imperative the public hear these facts about board certified doctors and pharmaceutical companies and their stance of wanting nothing to do with the taking of a life. So those who carry out the executions are correctional officers, no medical background, and are only required to have a high school diploma to be hired. Hmm. Every person in that room, imminent danger of stroking out, dying if any gas seeps out. And I wonder to myself, what is it going to take for them to stop? The ADOC does not even care about the health and safety of their own staff. Mass incarceration must end in with the reporting there. It's a true statement. If any, any of these facts are true, it's a true statement. A petition has been started asking Governor Ivey to stop this execution. There you see it there, deathpenaltyaction.org. There's the link to that petition. Alabama Governor. Kay Ivey, who has the power to halt judicial killings, declined to comment on the expert warnings and the allegations against the state. The Attorney General's office called the UN's concerns as unfounded as Smith's. What on earth are you doing in the governor's mansion, even in Alabama, if you quote, decline to comment on the warnings, the concerns? My gosh, Governor Ivy, go vacate the premises. And that dippy statement by the state attorney general saying the UN's concerns, it's not just the UN, by the way, unfounded. This is sick. I don't believe we should sit at the table, Mayor. The UN or anywhere else, policing the world and talking about human rights. When we are Carrying Alabama's nasty disgustingness on our backs. Is that too much? Not at all. I mean, listen, the state has a horrible record, not just with this inmate of not killing him while they're trying to kill him, but in general, I mean, Alabama has already botched three in the last in the last two decades, three executions. And, and I think that number is way too high. This country is responsible for killing more people than any other country, and we need to stop. I mean, judicial killing does not deter crime. We've seen the death penalty not lower or stop murders from happening. So why are we doing it unless it's just cruel and intentional? And now we're adding an aspect of we're testing out new ways to kill people in 2024 with gas, with gas. How can any of this be real? Like, who wrote this script? What movie? Which studio is producing this movie? Because this cannot be reality, but for the United States of America. We sit and talk from our high, high horse about democracy and the right to life and how humanity should be golden. And we don't live out those principles. I mean, there was an elected official in that state talking about his, his governor, Ivy, is a Christian. So he knows she's thinking about this, but it's the law. It is, it is also the law that she can stop it. The, the jury of his peers did not give him the death penalty, right? It was the judge that overturned what the jury said and said, no, they gave him life in prison. The judge said, no, we're going to give you the death penalty. So that was one person decided to add this. We've already seen for me, 
for me, it's enough. Life in prison is enough for someone. And we need to stop acting like life in prison isn't a death sentence itself. You don't get out. You die in there. That is a death sentence. So this idea that we need to test new ways to kill this man is unremarkable in a traditional American way. In a state that can't even feed their residents, but they're spending money on new ways to kill people. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you know what would happen, Mayor, if it was announced that someone was going to experiment this way on a hamster? There would be people who would say, no, you're not. And they would chain themselves places and they would interfere and they would hand. And there are people who are willing to do that in, in this case with this human being. I am disgusted. You're right. The people never said for you to do this. They said the opposite. I, again, I asked, why did you bother to seat this jury? If what they say doesn't matter, and then you're going to abolish the law, but you won't overturn this. I see three or four ways for Governor Ivy to duck this and escape clean, pretty much clean, and not even the courage to do it. I don't want to hear about who's a Christian and who's thinking about this and what's weighing. She declined to comment, so I don't know if any of that's the case. Hmm. So nobody needs to speak for her to me. I don't want, don't tell me nothing about uh, nothing if this is allowed to continue. Don't you say anything to me about this. I'll give you the last word. Yeah, you know what? That's that's a great point. I don't want to hear any about that. Also, I don't want to hear anything about Christians, especially not white Christians from Alabama. We know the history of white Christians in Alabama. They hung a lot of black people from trees and then went to church, right? We watched Bull Connor, who was the sheriff in Alabama, put dogs on kids. Bull Connor, right? Who was a Christian. So this idea that these Christianity absorbs you from taking responsibility of horrible behavior is ridiculous to me. I'll say amen to that. That I can say amen to, Mayor. We're going to keep following it again. The deadline for the execution is Thursday. What will you do, Governor Ivey? And who is that judge anyway who decided to override the jury? This is Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie today. The mayor of Enfield, North Carolina, Mayor Mondell Robinson. His honor is our special guest co-host today. We're right back. I want to say enormous restraint was shown there. We do not, I have to keep the mantra, we do not believe in violence. We do not believe in violence. You should have got your ass beat. Now, I'm sorry. That's just me. That is my disclaimer. Because again, we don't believe in violence. You should have got a beat down on the spot, double teamed. Commenters online claim male Karen at the Taco Bell who slapped 
Taco Bell employee was mad. Why? Why? The foil from his food wrapper damaged his microwave. Mensa, you're not. User manuals from microwaves warn that microwaving metals and their appliances can cause explosions. Couldn't have happened to a nicer man. Even a microwave doesn't want to perform for you. Mayor, apologize because, you know, we're not, I don't condone violence. I don't want the world to have more violence. But what the hell do you think is, should happen when you reach across the Taco Bell counter and slap somebody for something dumb that you did? I've, I've never seen, I've never seen uh, this level of whiteness on display. <laughs> like you're, you come in there screaming, screaming about a mistake that you made. You blew up your microwave because you put aluminum wrapping in there. The gentleman was so nice. He was like, do you want me to replace it? Yes, he was going to replace it. He was angry that he couldn't make this person angry. He said, and you're smiling. So you're providing customer service to me. You're giving me what I asked for, and you're doing it not looking disgruntled. And I'm mad about it. So I reached across the counter and smacked you. Let me tell you something, America. I am not the toughest man in the world, but I would have bit all of his fingers off. he would he would not been able to hold a taco when I was done. I'd have wrapped his finger up in the bun. Okay, nowhere in hell are you slapping me over a taco. It's eighty nine cent, dog. It is not. It is not my problem. You didn't know that you couldn't put aluminum foil in your microwave. This is crazy. This is unbelievable to me. And what what's more disgusting is you pretend that you are a veteran. I see the bars, uh, the gun bars crossed on the side of his hat. What level? What branch? Ain't no way in hell you serve anywhere with this level of, of, of attitude about a taco. Mm-hmm. A taco. You don't respect other people. You don't respect other people who don't look like you. You are a menace to society. I call for the Antoine Dobson meme. You are so dumb. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like that'll never go out of season. It's I need him. Okay. And when you're talking about a counter, okay, you got the counter in between them. It wasn't that long ago we showed you the defendant who got mad hops when I guess you're upset enough. You jumped over the bench like Jordan ain't got nothing on him. LeBron, that would have been me. I'm out of shape, but I assure you this would not go unanswered. Again, I'll give you the disclaimer. I'm not speaking for TYT. I'm speaking for Dr. Richie. I know what Dr. Richie would do. So I'll leave him out of this. Because I think he told you which highway. If you bring him something, which highway, he's going to go right back down. He done told you that. I'll give you the last word, Mayor. This is despicable. It makes me very angry. Keep your hands to yourself. I'm telling you right now. You put your hands on hard. It's a first grade lesson. These people are, these are the people that went to work during COVID. Restaurant workers are already mistreated, overworked, and underpaid. And for you to put your hands physically on them, I don't know right now why we aren't amping up like how we treat service workers. The charges should be higher when you act in this behavior. Like I mean, because I mean, it was I'm 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 a little off. You slap me, I might throw hot grease on you. I don't know what I do. I'm telling you, don't put your hands on me. Keep your hands off service workers. These people feed us. These people feed us for for not enough money while their CEOs are making. Millions off of their labor. Please stop touching these people. 
like the airline, the uh, airline, the flight attendants told you, Mayor. They told all of us, it's getting out of hand. You better get this alcohol off the plane and we're getting assaulted here. Broken nose, tooth knocked out. This is no different. Now, we've been to every establishment. We haven't been to Starbucks with Karen's, now Taco Bell. We were at Chipotle, remember? They threw the food at, threw the hot bowl or so. I don't know if it was burrito or what. Threw it right back at the worker. Okay? You, you're doing too much. And if somebody, well, you just put it in reverse. You're, we're now to the part where you're about to find out, okay? And you know the first part. You're about to find out. You catch the wrong one. And that might be if you enter Enfield, North Carolina, okay? And the mayor is doing some service and maybe he wants to visit. Maybe it's a Friday. And he says, let me join the people for a minute. I'm going to step behind the counter and just greet people. You might get the wrong one. I know what will happen if you come to Atlanta, boo. So don't keep out of Atlanta with that because you're doing too much. Okay. I don't mean to speak for you, Mayor, but I, they're doing too much. A man follows a woman home after a date ended over his bigotry. You're bigot? I don't want to date you. The date's over. I care how much planning you did. Let's watch this. For a second, like, do okay. not get aggressive with me I'm not at all. Aggressive when I'm asking you to be honest with me, and you weren't. I'm so. What was my option? Bewildered, and, and I am. Again? I would have never heard from you. I've been down this road. Okay, but you don't know me. I you never, don't know me. Never, Why would you follow me home? I feel so unsafe right now. The fact that you followed me home, like when when I did not mean it that way. I said I'm the (laughs) I'm the furthest from racist person, but I'm not. No, you're not, because the furthest person from racist would never use that word. All right, I'm calling my black friends right now. So no, I don't. I'm being. I don't want no. No, because no, I, I I am not. I. Yes, because I drove an hour. And what, drove, like, what kind was, of respect do you what have? What kind of respect did you <gasps> receive from what type of respect okay. did I get when you left me at the before you, bitch? Huh? What kind of respect did I get when I spent $300 on you? Yeah, All right, go yourself. Oh my God. I declare someone was in danger just from what I saw. That's the part where I'm not even going to argue with you because I, you already have a problem and it's bigotry, racism, whatever you want to call it. You can't control yourself. Any lawyers, please feel free to comment. We'll get to some of those comments because I see a crime here. But again, I'm a lay person. Cleveland, Ohio, TikToker Alyssa shared. Well, this hinge date encounter on her account on Monday. We're glad you're okay. And I would, I, I hope that you um, have security system and you might need to move. And I'm not, this isn't a joke. Following a response from users, she posted a short follow up. She's overwhelmed, but okay after the incident. I am okay, overwhelmed, but okay. A huge thank you to everyone 
who has checked on me, keep checking on her, folks. For those being unkind, I hope you heal your heart. Um, they won't, because anybody who watched that, Alyssa, and is being unkind after it, I prediction they will not heal their heart. Um, unless something like that happens to them, maybe that's the only thing that can shock them. And I don't wish that to come about, but there it is. Mayor, um, he mentioned $300 in driving an hour. This this perp, I can call him that, can I? And I'm just curious to you because there's no amount of money that's going to make me want to eat with you, break bread with you, and put up with your nonsense. Whatever word he said is a lot of running through my imagination. That was a full stop for her. She wasn't about to tolerate it. And she's an ally in my view and said, oh, I'm out of here. But to follow her home, you are so fueled by racism and bigotry that you can't let it go. There's people on a dating app that I don't know how I got on. This, I'll give you a hint. It's it's that one. I think I did an event for them. It's a wonder you, you you can fellowship with people. You can you know friends, business associates, whatever. I forgot about it. It was like four or five years ago. When I did the event and signed up. They said sign right here. I keep getting all these things. Ding ding ding. And and I look on here and it's swipe this and super swipe. There's hundreds of people, but some of the profiles who swipe on me or super swipe this thing say, if you're going to vote for Biden, we're probably not a good match. You know, like they fill out the profile says these things. And so you just go right by them. I was just looking for amusement, but apparently she's not into racist. And however they met, that's, that's how it's going to be. But you're so fueled by this. Now you're going to make a non-racist try to be with you, bruh. Come on. Yeah, I, I, I was, you know, I, I saw this video and I, I, the money part is the small part for me. All I could think about was this woman was one incident away from death. Yeah. And what I mean by that is this is America, uh, land of guns. Had this racist and also sexist man had his gun with him or on him. We don't know what could have happened to this one. We watched her. She had the wherewithal not to get out of her car, right? It's creepy enough that you followed me for an hour. That's creepy. That's creepy enough. Second of all is your, the way you escalated it so quick and she rolled up the window and you sat there and beat on the window and call her out of her name twice is frightening to me. I, at that point, just realized, um, not for the first time in my life, but that point, just points out uh, male privilege in a different light for me. Like the idea that you're owed something because you went on a date and the person wanted to end the date. This is the level of, she said to this man, you don't know me. Like he said, I've been down this road before, which tells me you have a pattern of being either racist and sexist or both. Like the idea that you feel comfortable enough to drive an hour without telling this person you're following them, walk up to her car before she gets out and make your case, and your case is nothing but a rant about trying to justify your racism. And then you flip and become crazy. Mm-hmm. This is a dangerous situation. I am so afraid for so many women uh, because of men like this. This is this guy, and, and unfortunately, I, I, I don't know what the charge, she could probably get a restraining order, but maybe not because he didn't threaten her directly, right? So that this is how silly the law is. But then also on the other side of me, the activist in me says this person can own a gun. 
Jesus Christ, this can own a gun. Man, I want to take it further because we're talking about what happened when she exerted herself and said, I won't be part of this. Sometimes people, I don't want to say courage, but they don't have the energy in that moment, the wherewithal in that moment. They know how they feel inside, but they're not willing to stand up at that moment for whatever reason. It's not their fault. They're not blaming them. So they go along with it. This could have been worse had she gone along with it just to get through the date instead of standing up immediately, full stop, and saying, You creep me out, I'm done. Okay, those are my words, paraphrase. I'm just talking about her, her, her language in leaving was basically saying that I'm not about this life. We're animals. We're animals. Humans are animals. And we have to follow our instinct when something doesn't feel right. And I believe that's what Alyssa did. But she left. Imagine. I have to believe somebody who would do this has done that, meaning more. Spot on. I mean, we, 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 it's naive to believe that it's not. I mean, the arrogance in his statement and this idea, like I'm owed something over $300. I'm owed. You belong to me. You, I demand you respond to why'd you leave because I was being racist. That's not enough. I spent money. I, I met you at a bar. What? I am disgusted that this is how this person is behaving. And like I said, there's no protection for this young lady from this person. So when you said she need to really consider moving, I agree 100%. This person, what's stopping them from getting drunk and going right back to her house and doing something when she's yeah. not on a date with him? Stalking is what I envision and, and harm. That's what I envision. Uh, this is, this is a real dangerous thing. Keep checking on Alyssa and keep posting and letting us know what's going on here. This is Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reedin for Dr. Rashad Ritchie today. The mayor of Enfield, North Carolina, Mayor Mondale Robinson is our special guest co-host today. Much more to come. Teenagers will be teenagers, white teenagers committing doorbell pranks following a shooting. What's going on here? Well, we'll tell you. The police in Friendswood, Texas, warning the community about a new viral TikTok trend in which teenagers kick and bang on doors in the middle of the night. According to the KHOU News, the purpose of the challenge is to scare residents. And the Friendswood Police Department is warning kids not to participate in the dangerous TikTok trend. TikTok door knock challenge has reportedly been happening for several weeks. And a predominantly white town. According to the United States Census Bureau, the town is more than 80% white. Friendswood Police Department issued a statement on Facebook to warn residents of the new trend and noted that it is, quote, causing both physical and emotional distress in the community. Lena Blackstar with the details. A search on TikTok for door knock challenge brings up multiple accounts with the words door knock or door challenge on the platform. See it there. Social media users were shocked by the video shared by the Friendswood Police Department and several noted that it wasn't safe to perform the challenge, especially in Texas, a state with the highest number of registered weapons in the country. How many weapons? Well, as of 2021, 1,006,555 Texans were registered gun owners. That's the registered ones. Okay, don't do this. Not going to work out. 
Texas homeowner Mike Todd was shown the video by KPRC2 News reporter Rochelle Turner. He noted that he owned a firearm. I don't like it, he said. I'm, you know, an average guy, a Texan, heavily armed. I would stop somebody if they did that. Mm. Stop somebody. Another neighborhood resident added, you come to the wrong house in Texas, you could get shot. I don't do Texas accent, but I think you do understand the point here. Ask questions later. The warning comes nearly nine months after 16-year-old Ralph Yarl was shot in the head in April 2023, miles away in Kansas City, Missouri, after he accidentally, he was not doing a prank. No, this honor student accidentally knocked on the wrong door while seeking to pick up his younger siblings. When this monster on the right decided, I don't know what he was thinking. It's not even a brand of justice. Unlike the teens in Texas, Earl, who was looking for his siblings, did not hit the doorbell and run. He was also, he is also black. Homeowner, now 85-year-old white man, Andrew Lester, shot the teen through the door. Earl survived his injuries. Lester has been charged with first-degree assault and armed criminal action. And look what it took to get that. Look what it took to get him charged. He's just an old man. He's a dangerous old man shooting through the door at a black kid. And a black star with the details there. Mayor, I do worry and I pass these lessons on to my daughter. You can't prevent everything. Kids throwing eggs at, you know, kids will be kids. We don't like it. We don't want to clean up toilet paper or get the egg off our car. But life is about learning. It's about living. And it's sad to me that this is who we are, but I don't want to be scared in the middle of the night. I might think somebody's trying to barge into my home, break in, do harm to me. I just want no one to end up getting hurt by this. Yeah, um, the the irony of this story, the sadness of the story is um, we live in a country where guns are so prevalent that kids can't play like this and it's dangerous. And the second part of that is, a black person can't be serious about doorbells when white kids get to play about doorbells. It shows you the difference in what it means yeah. to be black American right there in the statement. The idea that this is a viral trend for white kids and it could be a death sentence or a bullet in your head for black kids is the story here. That is the story. The idea that on TikTok, there are no, there are no boundaries Uh, that these kids can't go Mm -hmm. as white teenagers. But black folk can't even consider this game because when we weren't playing at the doors, people were getting shot. Not just uh, Mr. Y'all, we also saw it in North Carolina when the young man was in a car accident, got out the car Mm -hmm. and tried to go knock on the door, ask for help, they killed him. Uh, We saw it with the sister. So it just happens when you're black. Knocking on a door has never been uh, safe, especially when you don't know who's on the other side of that door. Yeah, mother just asking, what, why did you take the iPad like that for my little kids? Now they don't have a mother. So yeah, that's why the headline said, white kids. This is viral TikTok for white kids because we're not injecting race. It's, there's two different lives we're living, okay? So you can't do this. And it said 80% white in this community. 
that means there are some people of color, black people, who perhaps are mixed in, you know, different friends. Let me tag along, I'm sleeping over so-and-so's house, this will be, you better not, you're not, it's not the same for you. We don't say that because we're separating. This is what America's built on. And the mayor's right. Perhaps it would just be somebody got detained and held by the back of their t-shirt if we didn't have so many guns, but we do. And when you're talking about a million, what was it, uh, 6,555 guns registered in Texas. If you think there's not more, that was just the gun owners. So one gun owner may have what? Five, six, 10 guns, my right. They'll defend whatever they want, whether you kick in a door, their cattle, whatever. It's a scary place out there, Mayor. I'll give you the last word. I don't know. It's sad that this is how we have to. I told you, I'm going to remind my daughter. She's a great kid, a great kid. But when I do these stories and she says, oh, mom, you're just on the news. You're always worried about stuff. Her sweet, innocent heart doesn't understand. I have to bring her things that you would not want to bring a child because this is America, Mayor. Yeah, and I think I think you know that number may be misleading. People are gonna be like, "Well, a million registered gun registered, uh, or I'm sorry, registered owners," is misleading, right? Simply because mm-hmm. Texas is so large, and people think, "Well, oh, that's that's a small number when you consider how many people live in Texas." No, don't get confused. You don't have to register shotguns. First of all, secondly, as of as of 2021, September 2021, Texas passed a bill that said anybody over the age of 21 can carry a handgun, concealed or not, without it being registered. So as of 2021, you don't even need to register anymore in Mm -hmm. Texas. You just need to be 21. So there are a lot of guns in society, especially uh, in Southern states, and people should be extremely careful how you knock on somebody's door, if you're playing or not. Yeah. I had a neighbor, who may he rest. Uh, I knew something was up when we first moved in. The police showed up because I guess we were like a minute past the move ordinance or something. Now, thank goodness, APD, the brother said, just keep moving. We got a call. It kind of gave me that look like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, the direct TV, the satellite people were installing. I was at work. My mother was in town. She calling me. Oh, I'll let you speak to the installers, Sharon. It was going on. They were great guys, two-man team, one black, one white. One guy said, ma'am, your neighbor took a pickaxe. They took video, mayor. I can show you the video. They, the neighbor said they put up the satellite. Like When I say it was this close, and I'm not even arguing. If I'm on your property, I just tell me. You didn't, you didn't have to take a pickaxe. His pants were falling down. I had to see that. They showed me the video. My daughter's little kitten got out shortly after. I had promised her the kitten. Okay, she got out. And so we're out in the middle of the night, and she has some friends over searching. We see the little cat's eyes darting. Once the cat got in the neighborhood, I said, listen, this is the state of Georgia. And I want the kitty back as much as you do, but you can go on and leave some food outside the back door. But we're not. We're aboard going in the house now. They're crying. I had to do that, you see. Ended up this neighbor was accidentally shot by a family member at some point. The police showed up and said, did you hear anything? I didn't. I don't know what happened. I'm just telling you, there's a long way of getting there, okay? 
We have to understand the world we live in by arming the home relative accidentally. He's gone. Black actress denied wig for Broadway tour now sues. Don't do the action if you don't want me to read a headline like that, because this is America. According to the LA Times, the recent revival of the Tony Award winning musical 1776 was strategically cast in a post Hamilton world with actors of diverse gender identities and racial backgrounds portraying the white male founding fathers as they finalized the Declaration of Independence. Show's marketing material promise, quote, putting history in the hands of the humans who were left out the first time around. Well, that sounds interesting and that's noble creativity here. That's what it says, humans who were left out. But aha, a lawsuit has now been filed by actor Zuri Washington who alleges racial discrimination and the good old retaliation. Washington hopes the complaint, which recounts producers' dismissal of hair preferences and an allegation of termination after expressing an intent to submit a formal report of discrimination, will reignite conversations about the inequitable treatment of black hair and the harmful, angry black woman stereotype. Y'all gotta stop this. You're trying to take away people's superpower, and it's not gonna work. But you're going to keep trying, aren't you? Lawsuit states it all began after she requested to wear a wig on stage to protect her natural hair. I love my natural hair, but producers don't realize what wearing my natural hair for eight shows a week entails. Washington told the LA Times, you don't know because that's not your world. I may know all about your hair, but you don't know anything about mine. That's just what we're dealing with. You didn't get to see it. There weren't Prell commercials about it. And so you still don't get it in 2024, what she's talking about, because it's not your way of living. Wow, that's so ignorant. Contract of Washington was cast to play Robert Livingston, was terminated last week once she filed her complaint against the production company's networks presentations in 1776 touring and some of their staff members. She alleges that her termination resulted from expressing her plan to submit official reports of discrimination against the tour's production firm, the Times reported. Grio staff here, the Grio with the details here. Okay, so she she told you what she was gonna do and then she did it. That's being stand up to me, you should have worked it out. Quote, I was made to feel like I did something wrong in the course of this entire experience. And I know I didn't do anything wrong, Washington said. I could have done things differently, perhaps. But what they did to me is like a legal version of tone policing. Like I'm being constantly punished for existing and telling my truth. Agreed. Agreed. It was crucial to Washington to have the option of wearing a protective style in 1776 because of her previous traumatizing hair experience while on tour for the show Hairspray, she said. The actress shared that she was devastated, cutting her locks to ear length after almost undergoing hair loss due to the various climate conditions she was exposed to while traveling and performing. If you don't understand what she's talking about, 
read a book or I don't know, does Chris Rock movie uh, Mayor explain anything? Because I know people, there were some sisters had some complaints about that. But whatever you have to do, educate yourself and don't go touching somebody's hair to do it. Quote, I promised myself never again would I leave the fate of my hair, something that's so close to me and that I care about so much, up to other people, Washington contended. And given the ethos of the production, I was hoping I would feel secure, supported by the team behind the scenes. They said the people who were not part of this get to have a say or paraphrasing. But did they really mean it? No. If this is true, then no. She claimed to have contacted the tour's management after being selected in December 2022 to communicate her uneasiness about wearing her natural hair and preference for wearing a wig or getting a braided style. Though she sent several emails to gain clarity and finalize the show's hair plans, no one responded to her messages. Opinion, opinion now, opinion, mine. They got your messages. They just didn't feel like answering you and they already had labeled you difficult because that's what they do. By the time Washington received an answer about the course of action for her hairstyle, the cast had already arrived in Utica, New York for the tour's first stop. Washington said her request for a wig alongside those of her other castmates of color who made the same request had been denied despite her white castmates being provided with them. Now you can't see what's brewing here. (laughs) You don't, you don't. Now, through a lawsuit, Washington is fighting to hold the 1776 production company and staff accountable for their bias. She said she hopes being vocal about her experience will encourage others, actors, speak up for themselves in discriminatory environments. I used to think I'm the only one this has happened to, and it's so uncomfortable to hash through the stories, Washington said. But if I can make a difference in this way, it will have been worth it. So here we go again, Mayor. Her story is. Not unusual. I know that as a black woman being in newsrooms my whole career, telling the truth means you're angry and, uh, you know, uh, no, we're not going to make an apology for a white 18 year old teenager who gets on blackface and does a Snapchat and somebody screen grabs it and you want to call this poor girl. And your point of view is about, well, somebody, she sent it to her friends and why do people put it out there? This is a true story. Okay, you have to speak up, even if you're not the only black person in the room, when you're someone who is a little bit fearless, I'll say. And you say, Did you hear what you just said? And why are you always taking the police blotter and saying things like looking for a black man? What black man are you looking for? Because I don't hear you saying looking for a white. Man, who are you looking for? So this doesn't surprise me at all. The fact that they're just so vapid, so ridiculous with it, Mayor. So the white people in the production got wigs. The black people who have a different, who have a beautiful crown that they want to protect. I don't even know why this even would have to go through a lawsuit. Do you? Yeah. Listen, this this story sounds to me uh, as if you brought on black people to use their hair as part of your marketing scheme. 
Wow. That's what I'm getting from this, this idea that we we're we're involving people in 1776 that were left out. That means we need these black women to look a certain way. They need to look ethnic. We can't hide their kink, right? Their kink is part of the sale. So if we give them wigs to make their hair look like the other women on the show, it's going to make our show, it's going to yeah. ruin our sale. This is disgusting. Uh, this is the actually trying to exploit, take, uh, trying to exploit black people for blackness uh, without their permission. And, and I mean, it's, it's so blatant that you damn right they should be sued um, over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, it's absolutely disgusting that every person of color on this show uh, went through this or on this tour went through this is telling. It is absolutely telling. I don't care what your intent is. We're talking about your actions and how it landed. And it came off and it feels disgusting and exploitive. And quit lying. Quit lying and pretending you're woke. You can shed that lie and shimmy on out of it. That's little snake skin because you're not woke and you're not interested in diversity is what the mayor said. You're interested in pretending that you're really interested in capitalizing on wokeness and perhaps other people who pretend or think they actually think they are interested in diversity, but they're not. And then when somebody said, well, hey, you're not being very diverse, then you said, I'll show you. And you turned into really same devilish, devilish racist ways. This is actually ridiculous. And take that little thing you put at the top about what this is all about, underrepresentation. Take that off. And stop, tell the PR company, stop using that stuff because it's not true. Okay, 1776, till you fix this, it's not true. Much more indisputable, we come right back. Possible cover-up of a predatory crime at a chief's house, plain dealer. According to the Associated Press, nearly all copies of the Oray County Plain Dealer, a small town Colorado newspaper, were stolen from newspaper racks. The same day, Plain Dealer published a story about sexual assault charges. Heinous charges were connected to allegations stemming from an underage drinking party that occurred at the police chief's house as the chief slept. That's explosive. Mike Wiggins, the owner and publisher of The Plain Dealer, vowed Thursday on X he'd get to the bottom of the theft, writing, quote, someone didn't like this edition of Oray County Plain Dealer. Guess which article? So they stole nearly every newspaper out of our racks in Oray County. If you hope to silence or intimidate us, you failed miserably. We'll find out who did this, and another press run is imminent. That's right. Not going to quit. Newspaper posted the story on social media and removed its website paywall so people could read about the felony sexual assault charges filed against three men, including a relative of the police chief, for actions that allegedly occurred at a May 2023 party in Oray, where drugs and alcohol were used, according to the court records. Suspects ages 17, 18, 19 at the time, and the person who reported the crimes was 17, records said. Associated Press with the details on this one. By Thursday evening, a garbage bag full of newspapers were returned to the plane dealer. Well, this seems organized. Additionally, supporters have donated about $2,000 to the paper, something Wiggins called extremely heartening and humbling. Wiggins believed the person who returned the newspapers was the person who took them. And the only person, only one person was involved in the theft. 
Wiggins declined to identify the person, but he reported the information to police. Officers also had surveillance video of some of the thefts, he said. I'm no detective, but I know what I'm smelling. Police identified a suspect who will be cited for the theft. The Oray County Sheriff's Office said in a statement posted on social media Friday, suspect is not a member or relative of local law enforcement, not associated with the defendants in the recent reported sexual assault, statement said, adding that the Colorado Bureau of Investigation is investigating the sexual assault. Oray Police Chief Jeff Wood, that's an interesting uniform. Don't quite know what to make of it. That's kind of a throwback. Okay. Chief Jeff Wood told CNN Monday the theft resulted in the appearance of a police cover up. I have no idea whether he intended to frame me or my department, Wood told CNN regarding the theft suspect, but the obvious result was the appearance of a police cover up, and an utterly incompetent one at that. The story had already appeared online. What could possibly be gained from stealing hard copies? CNN details there. Colin, Okay, nice try. Uh, Wood said he was made aware of the allegations of an attack at his home approximately two months after the incident was alleged to have occurred. Wood declined to comment further on the allegations. I anticipate being called as a witness at trial. So I feel it's not appropriate to comment on the plausibility of the young lady's allegations at this time. About 250 newspapers filled the racks Friday morning in Oray County mountainous area in southwestern Colorado that is home to about 5,000 people. If somebody was going to try to make it so the public couldn't read this story, we were going to make sure to counteract that, Wiggins said. The Oray County Plain Dealers published on Thursdays, delivered to racks late Wednesday. Subscribers received the paper in the mail. Now, the rack price for an issue of the paper is $1. The suspect spent $12 opening racks and removing all the papers, Wiggins said. However, they missed one rack at a coffee shop, so about 200 papers were stolen. Wiggins added he was glad the racks themselves weren't damaged. Newspapers are planning to have a story in next Thursday's edition about the theft of the papers and possibly a column explaining why they took it so seriously and reprinted the paper, Wiggins said. It's strange to be writing about ourselves, said Wiggins, who has owned and published the paper for nearly five years with his wife, Aaron McIntyre. We work very hard to make sure we are not the story. The only time they had something similar happen was about three years ago when McIntyre wrote about a local campground that was flouting restrictions on lodging put in place because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Someone taped over the coin slot on the newspaper rack at the campground and covered the plexiglass window with a sign asking them to remove the rack, he said. This is about the goofiest nonsense I've ever heard of. And I don't understand what... I mean, the statements by Mr. Wood about how this is somebody tried to frame the police department. I'm not following it, Mayor, because breadcrumbs you left don't lead to the answer, okay? Listen, I'm giggling because, you know, this town is probably the size of Enfield, my town. And I literally, somebody dropped the ball. This is not somebody trying to frame the police department. This This is somebody... Forgot that it was on the internet. That earned yeah. internet got us. That earned internet. Like they they literally stole the papers, man. Like this is this is wild to me. And it seemed like something that could happen at home. That's why I was laughing so hard. Like small town, <laughs> if I could see people like, oh, I'm gonna just 
block everybody on Facebook so they can't see my. Yeah, you still forgot. <laughs> it happened. And this, yeah. is this is absolutely ridiculous. I feel like, you know, this level of trying to uh, block the press is next level uh, uh, attack on freedom of speech, right? The idea that it's happened before about the COVID thing is exactly what they were trying to replicate. They This newspaper literally told that story, hey, someone at the campground tried to block our story. The police department's like, you remember the time during COVID when somebody blocked the story about COVID? Let's use that strategy right now. Yep. Yep. What in the world? Uh, this is scary. I I do hope they get to the bottom of this uh, sexual allegation story, though. Um, yeah. That means seems extremely uh, scanty, and they, we definitely need to keep mm -hmm. our eyes on this story because these people are capable of blocking. Yes. You know all about small town politics and this way of thinking that you you know the world's connected, right? Ever since Al Gore invented the internet, you know, like everybody can get in on this. It is a very serious thing. And the young lady, well, the person, the 17-year-old who reported this, keep keep connected to the rest of the world so we know justice can be served here. What do you think Dr. King would have thought of Donald Trump? I think just like Dr. King, I think we all have a dream and this is just fulfilling that legacy even more. So, so Donald Trump is in essence a continuation of Martin Luther King's dream, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I would say that, absolutely, because we all want fair and equal justice. And I, at the end of the day, that's what Dr. King wanted, and I think that's what President Trump wants as well. You know, blacks had better lives the four years that Donald Trump was in office. I mean, we all did. We all had peace and prosperity. Go. And we there. felt protected. Today's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. What do you think Dr. King would think of Donald Trump? Do you think he'd be a supporter? Yes, absolutely. Yes, I do. And you, ma'am? Well, I think he would be, but more importantly, I think Martin Luther King stood for being judged by the character and not the color of your skin, which we have completely gone away from. In what way? Because everything is about checking a box. If you check a box, you get you get the job, you get appointed, you get you fail, and you still get promoted. So, it's all about a box. Uh, the first two, the two blondes, reminded me of that. Remember the South Carolina beauty pageant, and so on and so forth. And remember the answer the contestant gave. And therefore, I'm just saying that's what it reminded me of. But you know what? There's there's more. Listen. What do you think Dr. King would think of the former president? I believe that he would love him. I mean, he stands up for, you know, all colors. And I don't like to go into the color situation because I'm not racist. But, you know, we've got to bring that forward because, you know, there's been a lot of stuff in the past with people thinking that Trump is racist or the Republican Party is racist. And we're really not. I think that Dr. King would say if there's a lie, expose it and don't give up even to the point of losing his own life over something that he believed in. And very famous quotes, you know, he, he, he changed the world, so. What's, his, what's your favorite Dr. King quote? Um, the, not the color of your skin, but the content of your character. What's your favorite I, Donald Trump quote? My favorite Trump quote, I don't have one. Well, I think Martin Luther King thought that people ought to be, uh, they ought to be uh, judged based upon their character and not by their color of their skin. And I think President Trump has been an excellent person for that. He's, uh, I think that he's, uh, you know, I mean, the idea that he's somehow racist is just, it's just absurd. It's absurd. It's absurd. I think he meant to say the idea that he's not. 
racist is the absurd part. I, I'm going to give you the rest, but ma'am, I'm not, Miss Ma'am, I'm not a situation. You called it the situation. You don't want to get into color, that whole situation. I'm not a situation. I can give you a situation, but I'm not a situation. Okay. And about this whole thing about Trump character. I would love it if you would judge the content. Okay. I'd love it if you judge the character. We'd be good if you would do that. During a TYT field shoot for the Iowa caucus on Monday, January 15th, Michael Schur spoke with Trumpers. Those two, the ones remind me, and so on and so forth, and therefore, and has been the beauty pageant. But I shouldn't even lump the beauty pageant young lady from South Carolina in with them. Trumpers who believed MLK would have been a Trump voter because he would have judged him by the content of his character, not the color of his skin. Well, this is foolishness, Mayor, and I think you know we know that. Buying into the big lie is is what MAGA is doing. Exposing the lies, what we're we're trying to do. Okay, Dr. Ritchie asked us to fill in today to expose the lie. What they're doing, Mayor, is purchasing and buying into the lie. And I thought that was pretty clear, but apparently not to everyone. Some I I believe those people are indoctrinated. I'll give you that. I don't think they were lying. I think they're indoctrinated. Remind people where they can find more of your good work as you pursue justice all over and sit in the mayor's chair in Enfield, North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm doing, of course, video content for uh, TYT over at Rebel HQ. I also have my own YouTube channel, and you can find that at Mundell Robinson and that across all social media platforms. It's I got to subscribe. I got to subscribe to that. I'm embarrassed, man. You know how I feel about you. Uh, the best to you and your family. You've got a terrific supportive family and all the people who elected you to do the people's work, you're doing it. I am Sharon Reed. Thank you to the mayor and thank you, Dr. Ritchie, for allowing me to sit in the chair. Appreciate you. This is indisputable. We hope you'll join us again. Indisputable is still the fastest growing news show in America. We tell the truth on Indisputable because the truth is indisputable. Listen, no matter what you do, don't allow the politics of ideology to evaporate the soul that still exists inside of you. They don't stop, I don't stop. Racism won't stop, I won't stop. Systemic bias won't stop, I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform, so I won't stop. You won't stop either.